Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Burnout to Blessed. We are on to step number seven in overcoming burnout. So we are on to the kick-ass and take names step of the process, (laughs) which is let's solve the damn thing. Let's come up with a game plan and sprint to the finish line. Just kidding. As you can tell, in the process of overcoming burnout or really achieving any goal, there is no sprint to the finish line. (laughs) But what we're going to do today is we're going to create a blueprint. And I want you to really take your time on developing this blueprint, each step that we're going to go through, because you have to utilize this on a daily basis in order to get yourself over your self-sabotaging thinking patterns, because they come up regardless of where you know that they came from. You've already uncovered that. You've released the negativity and you've come to peace and are thankful for the growth that you've experienced from them. And you're in the healing process and putting your best foot forward and moving on. That is so exciting, right? That doesn't mean that you're not going to get hung up here and there. So it's important to have a blueprint that you can refer to on a daily basis. You need a visual reminder showing you that you are committed to this process and a visual reminder of how you're going to achieve your goal. And this goal, for example, is overcoming burnout. In the future, I'm hoping that you overcome burnout. And actually, I know you will overcome burnout as long as you follow this process that I've outlined to a T and keep doing the homework that you need to on a daily basis to improve yourself, because that's the only way that you're going to reach your goals. It's the only way that you're going to overcome burnout and live your ideal life is by working on yourself day in and day out. I'm not saying I want you to go complete a self-development workshop on a daily basis. (laughs) What I'm saying is you're going to need to put in a little bit of work and create a little time and space for yourself in order to keep up the maintenance, so to speak. You know, it's kind of like a Toyota. (laughs) Although I am a Ford girl, (laughs) 
It's like a Toyota. They can go 200,000 miles. But in order to get to that 200,000 mile mark, you really need to keep up with your maintenance or else you're never going to keep it up. You're never going to be able to get the miles that you could out of that car. So you need to keep up with your maintenance on a daily basis. And we're going to get into that today partially because the goal of today is just creating the blueprint. And then after today's episode, I am going to dive into the Solve series, which is tips and tricks that everyone can universally use and really should use to start out with. But it's too much to get into in one episode and we really need to create this visual blueprint to overcome burnout so that you can get the show on the road. So we're going to go ahead and get into the goal setting blueprint. This document, of course, as always, will be on the show notes. So feel free to click on that. It'll take you to my website and you will have a play-by-play of each exercise that we have gone over in each episode. Because as you know, I am leaving you actual tools to use in each episode. Now, it's not always going to be that way. There are going to be times when you're not going to receive a worksheet or a blueprint or some sort of free tool from me. The goal up until this point is to create the foundation. So congratulations for doing what you have effectively done is you have taken your two-year-old mind that's running around rampant saying, me, me, look at me over here, over here. You have taken the mess of that two-year-old. You know, they make a mess in every room that they go in. It's like a tornado, right? You know, my two-year-old is. And you have effectively cleaned up every area and organized it in a way that you can pull it off the shelf immediately without even having to think about where it's located. Where are the blocks? (laughs) Where are the shapes? Where are the markers? You don't even have to think where everything's located because you've organized it in a way that you can easily and effectively pull it off the shelf and utilize it at any given time. That is the goal of creating the foundation. Now, we're going to get into how to create this blueprint. And as I mentioned, you need to create time and space for yourself on a daily basis because you have the tools and you've organized, but you may not be a master and you're not a master. It's not a may not be. You're not a master yet, but the more you practice the tools that we have provided you on a daily basis, such as utilizing the self-coaching model, circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result, you will be able to coach yourself and you will be able to become a master at the tools that we have given you. All right, so let's dive in. So starting on step one, You are going to review the previously completed obstacle exercise sheet. And what I'm going to have you do 
after reviewing it is I'm going to have you identify the primary circumstance that is leading you to burnout. For example, how you know it is the primary circumstance is if you were to eliminate that one circumstance, it is then going to eliminate several other circumstances. It's kind of like a chain reaction. So the easiest example that I use is I work 60 hours a week. And if say I no longer work 60 hours a week, I only work 40 hours, right? Like a normal human being. By removing that circumstance and working 40 hours a week, it would then remove the fact that I no longer speak to my family and friends. I no longer go running. I no longer go to the grocery store. I no longer go to doctor's visits. Now that I'm working 40, I have time to do all of those things. That is how you know you have your primary circumstance that is burning you out. What I want you to do is I want you to look over your obstacle worksheet and I want you to evaluate what is your number one primary circumstance. So just so you know, what we're going to do is we're going to work on overcoming one circumstance at a time. And then you're going to move into the second primary circumstance. For most of us, it's not going to be just one circumstance that is going to effectively eliminate a set of other circumstances. It's going to take maybe three or four potentially circumstances or aka goals that we need to overcome in order to effectively overcome burnout. And so what we're going to do is break a habit and create our new desired result. But the reality of it is, is throughout the process of trying to complete any goal, including overcoming burnout, there are going to be times when you slip up and you need to dust off those knees and get up and keep going and give yourself grace. So 30 days isn't enough. I'm not talking like we need to do this for two months and then move on to the next circumstance. The time frame that we're looking at in order to arrive to our destination, arrive to our desired circumstance or our desired result is 40 days because like I said, you're going to fall and you need to get back up and 30 days is not enough time to do that. So we're going to do that for 40 days. 40 days probably isn't enough either, but by that point in time, you're going to have 90 to 95% of it completed. And what I mean is you're almost you're almost there. You're at 90 to 95% of the way to making it a good habit of making, uh, of completing your desired result on a daily basis. So for example, for me, within the 40-day time frame, 90 to 95% of the time, I'm working 40 hours versus 60 hours. Does that make sense? So then 
because I have it under my belt, I'm able to then move on to the next challenge, which is to tackle the next circumstance that is causing a chain reaction of other poor results in my life that are leading me to burnout. So that's how we're going to do it. 40, 80, 120, and so on. Okay. One at a time. There is no way that you can tackle on more than one at a time. And the reason is, is because it's like an addiction. Anyone that has ever suffered from an addiction, if you're listening to this, smoking, drinking, drugs, food, whatever your addiction is, your thoughts do come back and consume you. So therefore, you can't overwhelm yourself with too many things. And if you do, you're going to fall and get back down and you're going to say, you know what? It's not worth it. I can't do it. It's not possible. It is possible. I'm telling you what, through using the system, it is possible. Okay, let's get into it. So now that you've identified your primary circumstance, what you're going to do is I want you to Again, review the obstacle worksheet and I want you to identify three primary thoughts that are leading to that circumstance. Does that make sense? So for example, I'm working 60 hours a week because I feel like if I don't, I won't get everything done. If I don't work 60 hours a week, I won't get back to my colleagues and they will no longer trust me. If I don't work 60 hours a week, it won't look like I'm working hard enough and I won't get my next promotion. Those are kind of vague. I want you to actually get very specific in your thoughts. And the obstacle worksheet that you've already completed should give you this thought, okay? So it's not like you're going to have to come up with this all on your own again. You should have already had this completed in your obstacle worksheet, okay? But I want you to narrow it down. What are the three main thoughts that are causing you to feel anxious? And so you're so anxious that you stay and send out all those emails before it's time to leave. And then it's then creating the result of working 60 hours a week. Does that make sense? What you're going to do is fill out the thought and then what does the thought make you feel? I just use an example of I felt anxious. And because I felt anxious and paranoid and worried, (laughs) those are other feelings, it led me to stay and complete the work that I said I was going to complete or complete the work that I feel like I need to in order to impress my boss or or my colleagues, okay? So that's what I want you to do. I want you to fill out that chart. That's step number one. Now, step number two, this is the fun part, but for some of you, it's not so fun. <laughs> but I think that you have proven to yourself that you're courageous enough to complete this step. So this step is super crucial, okay? So step number two, I want you to gather evidence that proves that each action is false. So for example, my thought is, if I don't send out my emails, my colleagues will not trust me. 
how do I gather proof, actual proof that is false? Well, this is going to be the hard part for some of you. But again, the more courageous you are, the more confidence in yourself that you will build and confidence in your ability to achieve the bigger picture for your life. Okay, so how are you going to do this? Ask your boss for guidelines on email communication. Maybe your boss's stance is, I need you to get back to anyone and everyone within 24 hours. Okay, well, utilize those guidelines. That is an actual guideline that you are able to use. Ask your colleagues for their opinions on email communication. What do they think? And then I want you to identify if your colleagues get back to you in your view of a timely manner. Most likely, they don't (laughs) because they're probably abiding by the 24-hour rule. So now that you've established that this thought of my colleagues won't trust me if I don't get back to them within a time frame that you have in your mind that is acceptable, you're able to now look back at the fact that this thought is false. Because you have evidence to prove that the thought is false. You know, evidence A, your boss says you need to get back to them within 24 hours. Evidence B, your colleagues have told you to your face that no, they do not have any issues as long as you get back to them within 24-hour time frame. And C, they don't get back to you within the time frame that you view as acceptable, which is maybe like the day of, and they typically get back to you within 24 hours. Some of them get back to you days later. You know, you know who those people are. And obviously you're freaking out because you don't want to be one of those people. So when the thought arises like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxious. I need to send out this email because I don't feel like they'll trust me, they'll view less of me, whatever it may be, you will then be able to look back at this blueprint and put your mind at ease and say, no, it's false. And here's the proof that it's false. That's why this step is so important. So you're going to go through each action that you've identified that leads you to your primary circumstance of burnout. You know, the example that I used is 60-hour work week for me. So another action that causes me to burn out or caused me to burn out is the fact that when I was in recruitment, I would stay later to contact candidates or send follow-up emails, you know, letting them know where they were at in the process. Since unfortunately, things were a manual. It wasn't, you know, driven by done-for-you software. So I would do that. And it was important to me because I didn't want my company to have a bad reputation. I had to retrace my thoughts. What are my thoughts driving this? activity of the fact that I'm staying late to call candidates, which is then leading to the negative result of me staying and working 60 hours. So you have to retrace what is that thought and then go and find the evidence to prove that that thought is false. So you're going to go through 
each thought. So remember in step one, you identified three thoughts that led to three feelings that then generated you to act and created your actions and thus created the result of, oh, you're working late and working late equals the circumstance of working 60 hours. You're going to go through each thought, which there's three, each feeling and action and prove that it's false. Like I said, you're going to be able to refer back to that because trust me, especially when you're first getting into the swing of things and changing your behavior, your thoughts are going to creep up. So you need to identify which ones you're having and you need to have kind of like an alarm system that says, eh, it's false. These thoughts are false. That way, it will point you in the right direction and you will take the correct action, which is you get your ass out of there at five (laughs) o'clock and you go home and you see your family and you go to the grocery store, girl. You go to that kid's soccer game. But at the end of the day, whether you're a man or a woman, we all have family duties. And nowadays, I see more men cooking than women, so which is amazing. My husband cooks more than I do. The only reason he does, I may add, is because he is a bit of a control freak perfectionist. So literally, whenever I'm in the kitchen, you're not using the right knife, Tara. (laughs) Finally, I'm like, okay, you can take over cooking. I'm done with you trying to micromanage me in the kitchen. Because of that, I kind of get out of jail free card with cooking and he takes over. (laughs) So uh, it kind of works out for me. Okay, I digress. Moving on. Step number three, you are going to identify what your desired result is. When establishing what your desired result is, you need to establish what thought is necessary to create the feeling, aka the motivation that drives you to action to obtain your desired result. So it has to be three things. The thought that's going to drive the feeling that's going to then create the action needs to be believable, aka it's not a fairy tale. You actually have to believe this thought. It can't be something that in an ideal world would make sense. So, for example, uh, you go from I'm working 60 hours to I'm getting out of the office right at 3.30 and I'm going to go in at 7 o'clock. In the, you know, I'm going to go in at 6 o'clock and get out at 3.30 when you're not a morning person. <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure when you know You can't get your butt up in the morning to get to work at six o'clock, you know. It needs to be realistic. It needs to be uh, believable. And you need to be very specific. When you're coming up with what is this thought, it needs to be summarized in one sentence. Because when you're in a jam and you're trying to move towards your desired result, which for me, for example, would be working 40 hours. And in order to do that, I need to come up with a thought that is specific so that 
when I'm thinking about like if, if my brain takes over and it's like, let's send out those emails, let's call those candidates. I am able to think back on the thought that I want to think that's going to drive me to leave at five o'clock, for example. <laughs> so it has to be realistic, aka it has to be doable. You are have to be totally capable of believing and following through with this thought, if that makes sense. So for example, my child needs to be picked up by six. I don't have a choice but to leave the office at five if I'm going to get her because (laughs) they close at six and they're not going to wait around for me. And if I show up late, well, they're going to kick her out. So I don't really have much of a choice. So it has to be believable. It has to be specific and it has to be realistic. And I'm going to insert a little side note here. I'm using my burnout examples from my world and you can truly insert your burnout examples from your world even if it's not work burnout. If it's your children that are burning you out, your stay-at-home mom, or if you're taking care of a loved one, um, the world can burn you out in so many different ways. So I want you to also, you know, keep going through this process, but it's easier for me to use my real world experience and what led me to burn out rather than come up with made up examples. (laughs) So I apologize if you're like, oh, she keeps talking about work and I'm not in work burnout. This can truly be applied to any type of burnout, whether, you know, you're taking care of your kids, whether you're taking care of a loved one or you're a stay-at-home mom and you're, you're also teaching your kids virtually and you're running your own business or, you know, whatever, you name it, it can be applied. So I want to insert that side note there. That's what you're going to do for step number three. Identify your desired result. For me, it'd be working 40 hours. The thought that I would have is I need to leave by five in order to get my child by six. The feeling that I would have in that is I wouldn't want to disappoint my child by being late or irritate (laughs) the daycare for not picking her up in a timely manner. So my action naturally would be is to set my alarm at 445 so that I can wrap things up and get out of there by five or whatever is easiest for me to remember to leave at five. So like I said, for you, it's going to be a thought, a feeling and an action. It's going to be customized to who you are and what is believable, what is specific and realistic. It has to be doable. That is the key here. So that's step number three. So moving on to step number four, we are going to identify a plan to achieve each thought in action. So in this chart, you have to come up with the thought, which you've already came up with, which you have to come up with. How are you overcoming that? For example, 
your thought would be, I need to leave at five o'clock to pick up my child by six. That's my desired thought. And my opposite thought would be, I can probably leave here at four by 5.30 and realistically make it by six. So if push comes to shove and I really need to get something taken care of, I can really push the envelope and leave later than five. So I have to come up with a game plan to say, no, Tara, that's not an option. You need to truly leave at five. Shut it off and go home. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. So I need to come up with an action plan to counter that option that I'm getting myself. And as you can recall in past episodes, like specifically last episode when I wanted you to come up with your baby, as I said it, (laughs) come up with your reason for overcoming burnout. What is your reason for committing to overcoming burnout? And in this situation, you need to come up with a reason to not make a choice. Your choice is made for you already. And that's to leave at five. So there is no, well, maybe I can push the envelope and leave a little later. It's not the end of the world. You know, just like with the gym example. Oh, I'm supposed to go to the gym. I've made a plan to go to the gym Monday through Friday. But, you know, Monday rolls around and you didn't get any sleep the night before. You're tired. You didn't eat. And you're starving. So why don't I just go to the gym the next day, even though you already plan on going the next day. But in order to justify your action of not going, I'll just go for an hour and a half versus the 45 minutes that I created time and space to to utilize the gym for. So you need to take away your option. So that's going to be step four identify a plan to overcome the counter thought, okay? Step number five, identify each obstacle that will get in the way of you believing the thought and following through on the action. For example, you may feel the need to people please. You know that that is an obstacle for you you are a procrastinator, you are a perfectionist. And because of that, you need to come up with an action plan to overcome that. So in the chart there under obstacle, you would put, for example, perfectionist. So what do you do when you're a perfectionist? You spend your time in the details. Because of that, things take longer for you at times. Or because of that, you have to get in the right mindset in order to creatively think, in order to get something that you're working on done, for example. So you have to come up with an action plan that's going to stop you from taking that course of action because that perfectionist tendency is going to get in the way of you making the conscious decision to leave by five, to give yourself the time so that you're not rushing, 
so that you're there on time, right? So that's going to be step number five, okay? Now that you have identified your primary consequence and proven that your thoughts that are leading you to take action that are leading you to that primary consequence are false, you have identified your desired results and an action plan to achieve the desired results, you have created an action plan to overcome your obstacles, it's time to create an action plan to hold yourself accountable. And that is what we do in step number six. This plan must include the following. You need to A, hold yourself accountable, and B, you need to find an accountability partner. When holding yourself accountable, you may already know the best way to do that because we all are different and different things incentivize us in order to keep that accountability in order to stay on the right track. But one thing that is 100% necessary in holding yourself accountable, and it needs to be a practice that you have every single day, is you need to utilize the self-coaching model, which is the circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. So what I want you to do here is at the end of each day or at some time during the day, if you have a flare up, a trigger of your old thoughts that led to your primary consequence that you've identified, if those old thoughts are kind of compulsively coming in because something triggered you, for example, someone sent you a nasty email and was like, you didn't get this to me by this time and it caused me to look bad in front of the executive team. I'm so upset with you. And all of a sudden, your old thinking patterns come into play like, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious. I'm paranoid. Am I going to, is there going to be consequences because I didn't get back to them? Oh, well, wait a minute. I did get back to them and it was in the 24-hour time frame that I established that I have to abide by. But your old thinking patterns, they're going to come in compulsively. You need (laughs) to be able to kind of stop yourself when that happens and you need to walk yourself through the self-coaching model. And you need to kind of, you need to look back too and say, oh, wait a minute, this is an old thought and I've proven that it's false already. Even though this situation just popped up, I have to go back, come back to this blueprint that you've created and and show yourself it's false. That thought is false. I've already had a conversation with my boss. I've already had a conversation with my colleagues. And they don't get back to me either, okay? So you go and you look at the evidence and it stops you in your tracks. But when you do this, it's so important to utilize the model. So the best way to do this, to be honest, is to learn to self-coach yourself through moments like that when they're actually happening 
not processing it later. It's best to process it in the moment. But I do realize that not all of us work the same. Sometimes we need to cool off and we need to gain that logical thinking and it's not going to happen in the moment. Maybe you need 15 minutes to cool off and then you can go work yourself into journaling and going through the self-coaching model. Or sometimes for you, you don't have time to do that and it's best to do it at night. So the more you do this, the more it's consciously on your mind that you need to walk yourself through this model in order to coach yourself to make the right decisions, the more you will be able to coach yourself in the moment. But it takes practice. It takes time. So you're not going to master it right away. So what I need you to do in order to hold yourself accountable is I need you to make space for journaling the self-coaching model on a daily basis. So that is a must in your action plan to hold yourself accountable. For other people, for example, you can add in some other things to hold yourself accountable. For example, you know that in order to think clearly and in order to make better decisions, you need to go to the gym. So go to the darn gym. That can be one task that you need to do in order to get in the right mindset to hold yourself accountable, okay? It's going to be individualized to what makes the most sense for you, but you have to have journaling and using the model as one of them. So for me, as I've mentioned, like journaling is such a big thing for me that I I plan in my journal for my business. I pray in my journal. I say, thank you, God. I rant. I vent sometimes. I have business ideas. It's like all mixed in there, right? It's just depending on what's going on that day, what's flowing through my mind. I need to get it out of my system in order to effectively move on and pay attention to the task at hand. So that's like, that's the way that I hold myself accountable. So to me, journaling is so much more than using the self-coaching model. That's just me. It's not for everybody, but you have to journal using the self-coaching model. That is one way that you're going to hold yourself accountable and then you're going to come up with an action plan that's individualized for yourself. Okay, step B, accountability partner. You need to find an accountability partner that is honest. So they need to be able to be completely honest with you. Some people like to sugarcoat things. Some people are pretty sweet and they're like, oh, I, I'm going to tell you half truths. Like You were kind of rude, but she was in the wrong. So I understand, you know, why you were kind of rude. Your behavior was justified. No, you need someone that is going to spell it out for you. You need someone that is not going to sugarcoat things to be your accountability partner. You also need someone that is trustworthy because this person that you're going to be working with that's going to be holding you accountable needs to be able to have open communication with you 
whether that's good, bad, or ugly. And therefore, you need to have someone that is trustworthy so that you can feel safe to have that back and forth, open communication, open dialogue. And then lastly, you need someone that is able to make the commitment of meeting or discussing your progress with you on a weekly basis. For example, your accountability partner, maybe you establish that you need to meet with them two times a week. Maybe you establish that you need to touch base with them via text messaging once a day. It just depends on what you need to succeed and what they're able to give. So you have to first ask yourself, what do I need to be able to succeed? And once you've identified that, you need to then identify someone that meets the criteria that I mentioned, which is honest, non-judgmental, trustworthy, and they're able to make the commitment, right? You know that you need someone that is going to be able to text you day in and day out, and you identify someone that's honest, non-judgmental, and trustworthy, but they can't make the commitment to text you on a daily basis. Unfortunately, they're not your person because you need to create a plan that is going to help you succeed. Okay, so that is step number six is creating an accountability plan, which is twofold holding yourself accountable, and having an accountability partner and an accountability plan. How much are you going to meet? Those type of things. Step number seven, you need to identify what support you need in order to successfully meet your desired goal. For example, the support that you need in order to successfully meet your goals, for me, is I need understanding and encouragement from my significant other. I can't have someone saying, oh, wow, so you have been on time for the last three weeks and today you weren't and I'm so mad at you. I'm not supporting you anymore. We're done. This isn't working because I failed once. (laughs) I need someone to give me grace. So that is the support that I need. I need the understanding and the encouragement from my significant other in order to be successful in meeting my goal and not working 60 hours and working 40 hours, for example. So how am I going to get that? I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to get their buy-in before I start the process of working on my desired goal. So that's step number seven. Step number eight you've really already completed in last week's exercise, which was the commitment exercise. In last week's episode, I had you create a letter to yourself explaining why you are committing to overcoming burnout. And then I had you narrow it down so that you had a commitment statement that was specific and to the point. Example, I quit smoking when I found out that I was pregnant with Addison the moment I found out. What is your baby? (laughs) Burnout has probably caused many consequences in your life. 
So I understand that it can be hard to narrow it down to just one reason why you are committed to overcoming burnout. So I want your commitment statement to be no more than three sentences. It needs to be specific because when you find yourself in your old thinking patterns, which will inevitably happen throughout this process of working on breaking those bad thinking patterns, you need to be able off the cuff to say, I'm doing this because of my family. I'm doing this because of my happiness. You need to have that mantra on hand at any given time that you can recite. I'm doing this for my husband. I'm doing this for myself. Whatever it may be, I want your commitment statement to be specific and straight to the point. So step number nine, I want you to then pick a picture that symbolizes your reason for committing to overcome burnout. For me, it's a picture of my family, including me. It's all of us together and happy (laughs) because that's the reason why I'm overcoming burnout. That's what I need you to do. I need you to have a visual within this blueprint. Okay, step number 10. I know it's kind of a lot of steps, but it works, I promise. I want you to print out this blueprint. I want you to be able to physically be able to touch each page and look back. And also, when you're holding yourself accountable in the self-coaching model of journaling, look at this blueprint at any given time. And I want you to be able to diagnose what went well today, what did not go well today. And you can look at that blueprint at any given time and understand, okay, here's the game plan that I had for myself. And I thought that I would be thinking this particular thought and I'm not. I'm thinking this thought. So now I need to come up with a new action plan to overcome that negative thought that's trying to pull me back into my old thinking patterns. So you need to have this physically on hand so that you're able to utilize it and refer back to it on a daily basis so that you can you know, do a postmortem. What went well? What didn't go well today? And then lastly, I want you to print out the picture that you have identified that symbolizes your reason for committing to overcoming burnout. And I want you to put it where you can see it at any given time. So that might be multiple places. It might be on your refrigerator. And then it might be also at your desk. You need to have a visual reminder at any given time because like I said, you're going to fall back into these negative thinking patterns. We're humans. It's the way we're designed. Our brain doesn't want you to change. It wants you to follow the same process that you've been following. But the unfortunate thing is the same process, the same thinking patterns that you've been thinking these past months, these past years, they are, they are what is burning you out. 
And you can no longer think that way. You have to break those thinking patterns in order to break your habits that are leading you to burnout. So you need a visual at any given time to say, stop, stop and follow the plan. These thoughts that you are thinking are false. You need to stop what you're doing and you need to follow the correct path that you've outlined for yourself. I know I sound super passionate, (laughs) but it's true. We need a constant reminder because in so many ways, we're on autopilot. And in so many ways, and that's why we consciously don't even realize that we're following these negative thinking patterns because they're on autopilot. They're just going on in the background. So the more that you're able to consciously be aware what you're thinking that's leading you to feel anxious, that's then leading you to the action that's causing you to burn out, the more that you're able to stop yourself and say, okay, we need to reset and I need to not follow that action because it's only going to lead to me working later, which is going to lead to me working 60 hours, which is obviously my main cause and burning me out. So that's why it's so important for you to have a printout of this blueprint and have a picture that symbolizes your commitment to overcome burnout. And if you want to print out multiple blueprints, more power to you. It just depends on what makes the most sense for you. Now, if I was in the corporate setting and I was working on overcoming burnout, I would probably print out two. One for at home, one for being at work, and also I would probably have three pictures. One on my refrigerator so that when I'm leaving, getting my water and my lunch for the morning, I'm looking it square in the face and saying, I'm doing this for you, family. One in my car because (laughs) for some reason, like what symbolizes for me of working late is getting in the car at night and just saying, oh my gosh, I did it again. I didn't mean to work this late, but I did it again and I beat myself up. So the moment that I would get in my car and see the picture of my family, it would be like a slap in the face. Like you need to stop doing what you're doing. It needs to stop today, my friend. And then also I would have it at my desk so that if I'm thinking about sending out those emails and oh, I just got to get them out or oh, I got to call those candidates. I would take a look at that picture and I would say, not today. You are putting your family first. That is what you are doing. You're putting your family first and in turn, you're putting yourself first your health, mentally, physically, it's important for you to take care of yourself so that you can be your best, okay? They always say you you get what you pour in. So if you're constantly pouring out, but you're not refueling the water that you're pouring out, you're running on empty, my friends. You're not going to be doing well in any area of your life if your battery 
is always running at 20%. It's just not going to happen. You can't have a good relationship and serve your kids. You can't have a good relationship and, you know, with your husband. You can't have a great, you know, work career if you're giving each one of them 20%. You just can't do it. That's just not the way that it works. You need to create this blueprint and make it loud and proud and easily accessible so that you are constantly reminding yourself why you are seeking this goal of overcoming burnout. Okay, so that is the end of today's episode. This is the secret to achieving really any goal. So once you've overcome burnout, as I mentioned, you're probably going to go through a set of three goals, maybe more, depending on your circumstances. But you're probably going to go through three goals and then you would have overcome burnout and effectively taken control of your life. You can then use this model and this worksheet to go after any goal that you set your mind to. For example, you want to leave your nine to five and you want to start your business and you want to do that full time, but you need a certain income goal to achieve that. You can use this goal setting blueprint to achieve that. Okay. So you can really use it for anything. You want to lose 15 pounds? Use this blueprint. I swear it works. It's amazing. I am very proud of it, (laughs) as you can tell. All right. I am proud of you for getting this far. And really, it's time to rock and roll. Like, are you ready to do this thing? (laughs) I am. So next week, what we're going to be getting into, it's called the Solve Series. And the goal of the Solve Series is for you to have tools that you can utilize in order to work the blueprint that you created today successfully. For example, one episode, we are going to help you simplify your life so that you can easily narrow in and focus on your goal of overcoming burnout. Another episode, we are going to help you develop an efficient mindset. You know how I keep talking about how You need your battery at 100% to give it your all in each area of your life. We're going to work on achieving how do we do that? What are some things that we need to do in order to operate at 100%? So that's what I call an efficiency mindset. We're going to go over journaling practices so that you can work on mastering the self-coaching model because that is instrumental in making sure that you're holding yourself accountable and that you're always self-aware so that you're always taking the right decision so that you're achieving your goal and overcoming burnout. And then lastly, we're going to be covering how to find your God-led purpose. That is going to be a whole nother series, but I want to get it on your radar because part of overcoming burnout and part of being on the path to staying recovered and never stepping back into that awful place of burnout again is to live in your most authentic self. And in order to do that, you need to find what you were meant to do on this earth. 
Okay. And you might not be doing it right now. I'm just going to warn you. So I'm going to help you get on that path to find your God-led purpose. That's going to be a whole nother series, but it's so important for you to have that refuel and for you to have that inspiration for you to keep moving forward and for you to never go into burnout. So that's why it's part of the solve. It's part of your solution. So that's going to be in the next several weeks. We're going to be uncovering those and I'm really excited about it. And that's why I am calling it the solve series because you really need multiple tools in order to help get you to stay narrowed in to overcome burnout. All right, my friends, take care. And I pray that you will find the clarity needed in order to fill out this blueprint that's going to set you up for success in overcoming burnout and achieving any goal that you really set your mind to. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode and I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to discover your purpose in life and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnouttobless.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Until next time.